Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson. And my guest today is Gavin Friedman. And Gavin was with me on the 16th of February this year. So if you would like to hear that podcast, please just go into High FM Podcasts, Finding Human, and you will find it there. Welcome, Gavin. Our topic today is This is Somewhere. There is a quote which says, We are not on a journey to somewhere. This is the somewhere, right here, right now. So it's so good to be with you right here and right now. Welcome, Gavin. Let me just introduce you quickly for people who, uh, listeners who don't know you. Um, Gavin is a co-founder of the SOAR Institute, S-O-A-R, with his partner Riyad Isaacs. He um, is an entrepreneur, he's an engineer, he's, uh, he does personal transformation, business transformation, he runs groups for businesses, personal groups, he's a life coach and an international speaker, and I could go on and on, much else. But right now, he is a guest on Chai FM, and welcome, Gavin. So right now, I'm a delighted guest. It's always beautiful, and it's always an honor and a privilege to, to be on the show. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. So in the here and now, as those, those profound words are, are uttered, um, it, is, it is filled with grace and, and great appreciation. So thank you, Sue. Always, always a privilege to be here. Thank you, Gavin. You know, um, I sent out messages yesterday uh, to, on different Facebooks about you coming on the program today. So there were some questions that actually came through then. And um, I will be going through with you uh, with them shortly. But what I actually also wanted to say that I loved what Snoopy said, Charlie Brown said. Uh, he said, we only live once, Snoopy. And Snoopy answered, wrong. We only die once. We live every day. Yeah, you know, just it, it, there is always such a beautiful synchronicity <clears throat> when, when you are awake and, and you can hear things and see things. So even at, at the end of the news report where it, it spoke about humor and the, the insight that uh, Charles Schultz brings from from the Peanuts comics is just phenomenal. And just that one line from, from him where people do that they, they, they don't recognize is that life is reborn every minute in every moment by moment by moment. You know, there, there is every day is a new and yet people live today like they were living a year ago. We still hear it today. Oh, we're in a year into COVID. We're in a year into this. And I'm thinking, no, we're right here, right now. What has gone before us has gone before us. Where are we going right now? You and know, there is. A... Get back to that in a moment. Yes. Just hold that thought. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. 
Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Gavin Friedman, and we are talking, our subject is, this is the somewhere, and Gavin is talking about, he, we ended when you were talking about people saying about COVID, and you were saying, we're not there in the past year, which was the COVID, we're actually now. So go on with that train of thought. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think people get so caught up in the... They'll say, but Gavin, this is the reality. The reality is some, we are experiencing something. You know, people talk about it, it's just on this, the, the aspect of, oh, but we'll get, when will it be normal again? And, and one of my things to always ask back is, whoever said the normal was natural? It was normal to work from 5.30 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. Was that natural? It's normal when people say, oh, we, we'll spend six days at work and, and, and a bit of time with the family. Was that natural? We, <clears throat> we lose our way in these, in this kind of construct that we drag through time and time again. Yes, we have a context called a pandemic if you, if one has to label it. All it really is, is a rejigging. Humanity has gone through these kind of things time and time and time again. It's just in modern times, we are so removed from our connection to the natural flow of life. We are so removed from our own natural rhythms that we forget that change is inevitable. Change is a natural part of life. Change is what happens on a daily basis. If you look out the window today, there is change. We're in a new season. Yet and if, if you look at the flowers, as you know, as you say, a new season. I mean, that nature teaches us so much. It teaches us how sometimes within the stillness also, the most growth takes place. Wow. You know, you suddenly see a plant popping out of a crack. And you think, how did it get there? Without actually thinking about what went on underneath. Sure. That's, that, that's such a beautiful aspect is that it is in the stillness. This is, this is part of our natural way is to be still, not just on allocated days of the week, but to be still within ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so often, and, and maybe this, that this would serve people listening to it as, as a tool. So often people say to me, but how do I become still? How do I get there? And, and the first part is you have to clear. You cannot be still if you are churning up the water all the time. You know, you go and stand in a river and you, you lament that there's all the mud, but you're the one that's churning up the mud. When you stop the churn, the mud settles, the water becomes clear. That is when you can start to really make Conscious choices. You know, if, if your listeners can just kind of remember this construct, it's called C4, C to the power of four. First, you go into a clearing. From the clearing, you get clarity. From clarity, you become conscious, you, meaning you are awake and aware. And then you can make a choice. When we make conscious choices in our lives, we empower ourselves. Most people are... are just content with making decisions, what to wear, what toothpaste to buy, you know, what, what meal is next, where to go, how to dress, whatever. Those are not choices. Those are mere decisions. And we put into our compulsive mind, into our compulsive actions, decisions. 
And then when we look up, we say, where is my life gone? But we've been so caught up in the minutia that we haven't allowed the stillness to bring us into truly who we are. And, and from there we so make conscious true. decisions. That is so true. You know, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about it's in that stillness when we still that chatter in our minds, but the chatter is so often the anxiety, the fear of the future, the what's happening right that's churning over and over in our minds. And we need to actually find space to breathe. And it's only in finding that space that we are able to still that chatter of our minds and go into that place of stillness. But it's not easy. If anyone would like to join us in this conversation, please do so on 34519 or you can uh, telegram us on 061-895-1019. Kevin, one of the questions that came through was, is living in the now living in this moment or can it be uh, today? The whole day. Now that's also kind of part of that stillness, I think, that you talked sure. about as well. So when we talk about living in the now, we're talking about when we say, <clears throat> excuse me, when we say I am here now, meaning right here, right now, it can transition moment by moment by moment into the day. For many people, it's very difficult to remain in the now throughout the day because there are multiple distractions, and the human mind loves distractions. Mm-hmm. It is <clears throat> when we are distracted, we don't have to go to that place, as you were saying, that is difficult, that introspective place. Because when one asks the question, who am I? When one asks the question, what makes me come alive? When one asks the question, is this my life that I am living? Am I settling for something that is not to my highest good, those become scary questions to look at. So we love the distraction. Call it TV, call it um, social media, call it the drama of life. We, we love that distraction because it takes us out of it. But when we talk about in the now, we're speaking specifically right here, right now in the moment. You know, you often quote Viktor Frankl and he's the, he's the bedrock of, of this particular program. But he himself recognized that the only time you have choice of freedom is when you are in the now. You know, the now can transcend not only into a day. The now can transcend into days, weeks, months, years. You don't have to be a yogi. You don't have to be some um, spiritual guru to live in the now. The now comes with the breath. The minute you just take a breath in, and you feel the aliveness, and you are aware that you are breathing, for that few seconds, you are in the now. When you're waiting for an elevator, instead of planning what you're going to say or what hasn't been said or who said, just breathe. It brings you into the now. And in the now, there is stillness. Why? Because whatever is happening right here, right now, is all that matters. As we are speaking right here, right now, the only thing that matters to me is my conversation with you and the listeners. Everything else is irrelevant. Whatever is happening in my world outside of this particular moment right here, right now, is irrelevant. Why? Because now is where I am. 
But when we come out of the now, we jump into the future or we rush back into the past. And neither of those are comfortable places for people to live. And on that note, which is very profound, we'll be back in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Gavin Friedman. And I forgot to say thank you to Vusi and Craig for keeping us on air. But thank you both. You know, when we were talking just now about now is is not necessarily just now. Tishna Tan said this, drink your tea slowly and reverently, as if it is the axis on which the world earth revolves. Slowly, evenly, without rushing towards the future. Live the actual moment. Only this moment is life. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful sentiment that and and if you can just distill it down even into something that's even more simplistic, is just become deliberate and intentional. Meaning that when you are deliberate, you are you have an awareness, there is a focus on what you do. When you are intentional, you are bringing your attention into that moment, then all the other stuff disappears. But so often people are not deliberate in what they do. They are not attentional. You know, even the word deliberate is is so misused in the English language. We don't really even understand the language we use most of the time. But to become deliberate is like a ballet dancer on point is deliberate. And when we are deliberate and intentional in our actions, we see it in, in dance. It can bring people to tears. When you see an artist who's deliberate and intentional, their art can move you. Poetry. These are acts when people are truly deliberate and intentional. They will move you beyond yourself. It is available to all of us. As you're saying that, I'm thinking of all that you said and also of a violin piece that I heard a young girl playing. And it was so pure and so beautiful that it did reduce me to tears. That was the beauty of it. Gavin, if you don't mind me asking, at the moment, what do you find that people are most asking from you in your institute, the SOAR Institute? You know, it's, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. I was asked the other day, and it's a kind of a sentiment that, that, that expands. But someone said to me, how do I not live a stressed life? And, and I went back tongue-in-cheek, and I said, just don't be stressed. And I said, no, no, you don't get it. How do I not be stressed? And I said, no, you don't get it. Don't be stressed. But one of the big things is is that we we don't live in an emotional honesty. We One of the acts of self-love, by the way, is our ability to be truly emotionally honest with ourselves. People say, oh, I'm so stressed. My boss stresses me out. My, my marriage stresses me out. My children stresses me out. And it's not true. What they're not looking at is they're saying, I'm in a job that doesn't serve me, so I'm feeling hopeless. Now, when you are honest with yourself, you can deal with that. But saying the job doesn't is stressing you out, you've got there's nothing to work with. If you're in a marriage that is unfulfilling, if you're in a relationship that is not serving you, instead of saying it is stressing me out and making me depressed or anxious or sad, be honest and say this is not working for me. And because it's not working for me, what can I do about it? And then you can become clearer on your way forward. So what techniques would you use in actually eliciting a a response from uh, uh, somebody of 
um, of an introspective response? So the, the, the first kind of questions would be, <clears throat> and I think, I think that starts off, it's if you don't like, and this is for all your listeners, if you don't like the answers life is giving you, stop questioning the answers, change the question. Too often people go through and say, I don't like my bank balance. That's just life giving you an answer of saying you would want more money. But you don't ask the right question. So you get caught up in fighting with the answer versus changing the question. So often one of the fundamental shifts that comes in our life comes from asking the right question. Not from why is this happening, but asking the question, how come this is happening? How can this serve me? I'm going through a really tough time. We, we've been working with some people in a, um, in a business unit where they are dealing with the really big after effects of COVID. They, they're in wills and trusts and doing, and they are completely overwhelmed with the number of estates that they have to wrap up. And we're dealing with them to gain a bigger perspective, to be able to step back because the amount of pressure that's on them is immense. The deeds office is slow. The courts are slow. All these extrinsic things outside of them are, are not aiding it. And obviously someone who's lost a loved one is in stress. Maybe they need their state to wrap up to secure the home, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's about gaining a perspective. And the only way you gain a perspective is to change the question. Ask the questions. Who am I? How am I living this thing called life? Not how am I surviving life, because most of us want to just survive life and call that living. That's not living. Living is to be exuberant. Living is to be passionate. Living is to be the expression of who you are. That is life. And yet we merely go through the process and we call that living. So the first, first, well, first say tool would be to ask the question, now you don't, it's great to have a coach and it's beautiful to have mentors and people like that, but you can look, sit down with yourself, go quiet after a few breaths, ask yourself, who am I? And then be silent and see what comes up. How am I living? And be silent and listen. People talk about connection, connection, connection. They want to connect on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on WhatsApp. That's not connection, that's distraction. Connection is when you go deep within. That is when you are connected with life. Those people who, whatever religion they are, that, that celebrate the Sabbath, they carve out a time to connect within. If they so choose, they can use the time just as a distraction as well. But that deep connection with inside of you is where the well of wisdom comes. Not knowledge. Knowledge and, and data you can get from a book. But the wisdom comes from within. Anyone who's listening to this right now, there's probably a voice stirring inside of them saying, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. This life I'm living is not working for me. This relationship, this boss. And then deal with it from there. Don't deal with it in the conjecture of where will I be in five years' time. Right here, right now. And it's not about them, by the way. It's about you. It is your life. You, not your boss. Not your husband, not your wife, not your children are determining your happiness. You determine your happiness. You know, you were talking about, you were talking about Tichnat Han. There's a beautiful Zen saying and it goes, the birds of lack fear and anxiety will always fly around your head, but you do not need to allow them to nest in your hair. 
Wow. And that is just, that, that just sums up life. It They're always going to be there. Mm-hmm. The minute you allow them to nest, you've taken ownership of that. And you know, I think the other question, the other question to ask ourselves is which, you know, you read in books and then, and I just think it's so true. Adam, where are you? So it's to say to yourself, if I had to question myself, Susan, where are you? Gavin, where are you? You know, hear that internal voice that says, where are you? Yeah. And what is your purpose? What, what are you going to be doing with your life now? Sure. When one is asked that question, where are you? The intrinsic and the natural answer would be, I am here now. And when you can answer it, I am here now, you are fully present. But when you answer, where are you? I'm here. And your mind is taking you to being a parent, to being a spouse, to being a, a manager. That's not where you are. Those are not, that's not even who you are. Those are just tasks you perform. And the, the way they are performed, the way they are lived, all stems from where you are in your own life. And Sue, it, it, it saddens me deeply at times when I talk to people and engage with CEOs and, and, and various executives, and that kind of question comes up, and they have no idea of where they are in their own lives. They will tell you where they are in business. They'll tell you where they are in their bank account. And make no mistake, I am not saying that a empty bank account and no job is the holy grail. In fact, it's the exact opposite. But it is not the definition of you. You cannot live a fulfilled life filled with passion, animated, if you cannot answer this fundamental question of who are you and then that one that you follow on with. Where are you? Are you in the future? Are you in the past? And, you know, yesterday my husband and I were having this conversation with two uh, young 20 people in their 20s. And what I loved was that they were asking those questions. You know, they, they were ambitious. They wanted to succeed. Certainly they had that drive. But there was a deeper calling inside them that was saying, okay, but what else is there to life? You know, what, what, how can I grow individually as a person within myself? Um, and so, I thought Craig was sending me a message, but on, it's not. On that, that's one of the things that my, my yearning would be that people start to recognize that's what COVID is bringing us. Is not the pandemic, is not the, the external failed business. Businesses will emerge again. Economies will pick up. This is, this, this is a natural cycle that will go. But what COVID is really asking you to look at is who are you in your life? Where are you in your life? You're not this manic get up, drop the kids at work, rush to the office, rush back, pick the kids up, get dinner ready, do homework, watch two TV programs, go to sleep, push play, push repeat, do that for 30 years, then retire and wonder where your life has gone. That's not what life is about. COVID has given us this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gift of a pause, a forced pause to say, who am I? Some people are living at home, recognizing that home is not where they want to live in. Now they're in conflict to that. Don't fight it. Ask yourself, where is this? How do I move through this? You know, we were speaking earlier in the week when we were prepping for the show, and I said to you, you know, there's three fundamentals. There's introspection, 
becoming aware of who you are. Most people live in extrospection, meaning everything is external. My partner has to do this for me in order for me to do well. My business has to give me this in order for me to feel okay. My boss has to do this. The government has to do this. This has to be provided in order for me to feel safe. I want a, I want the vaccines now so I can have this. All of this extrospection is living life externally. There is no fulfillment. There can be mere moments of satisfaction, yes. Mere moments of happiness, yes. But extrospection is not living. It's mm-hmm. merely looking externally for moments of brief moments of happiness. Introspection brings a wellness. Introspection brings an understanding to where am I? Who am I? What am I? But the real thing that we need to look for is transpection, moving through ourselves to create ourselves, to touch who we truly are. Because when we go quiet enough, when we transpect enough, the real us emerges. Call it your neshama, call it your spirit, your higher self, whatever, whatever these multiple labels are. When that emerges because we've gone through transpection, Life doesn't just become fulfilling. Life becomes existing within existence. All the great sages, you can read it throughout, throughout any of the, the holy books. All the great sages realize that transpection, choosing, really understanding who you are, that is self-love. When you can move into yourself and see yourself and love yourself, that is when we create a life where we are a true creator of life and our life. Do you think that transfection also allow, helps us to understand where someone else is coming from? Absolutely. We, when we are at least with introspection, but most certainly transfection, that's what compassion is. Compassion is not doing. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if we've mentioned this on one of your shows, but you know, when people are going through the drama of life, when they're caught in the suffering, and I've said this multiple times on the shows, is that in life, pain is inevitable. Suffering is man-made. But people want to get caught in the drama, so they go into sympathy. They go and tell the person, oh, shame, life is so much bigger than you. Yes, you are a victim to life. Let me be a victim with you. Then we can go into empathy. Empathy says, I, I can understand. I can recognize where you are. Maybe I can support you. But even in empathy, you kind of become a crutch. Compassion says, I love you enough to serve you, but you are choosing this as a way. When you are ready to move, I can move with you. Compassion allows you not to identify with the other person's drama, but you can understand where they're coming from and assist them should they choose to move through it. But when we become embroiled in the drama, and this is how people have been, this is how we live. You can get thousands and thousands of people watching reality shows, not that I watch it, but watching reality shows of people eating bugs or, you know, I see these adverts for finding a suitable spouse and all these dramas. Because this is where people go to. Because they want to identify with that rather than go into their life. But when we know our life, we live love and compassion. We don't have to be in sympathy or even empathy, but true compassion will bring someone and empower them to bring themselves back into their lives. 
I agree with you so uh, so much on that, and I do believe that compassion for others brings compassion into ourselves as well. Sure. And so, and that's often where it has to begin sure. to actually feel that compassion for ourselves. For if it's that lost child within us, to actually recognise it and say, "Come along with me, and we're growing together." And, you know, there was one other um, question that came through yesterday. It was on, on uh, anxiety and fear, really, which, which ties in with, with what we're talking about because it's also that, uh, that need to understand where we're coming from. Because I do think that fear is an intrinsic part of who we are. It's, it's actually a survival mechanism. But I think to be afraid is a choice. Sure. So this this question came through. Um, as COVID has continued with no vaccinations in sight, I feel I am drowning in fear and anxiety. Uh, you say live in the now, but now is too scary. So, How would you answer that? So there's, there, there is that beautiful paradox in in that is that the the now that the listener is speaking of is not what is scary. It's the future that they are worried about. Right now, right here, right now, wherever they are in this particular now, this moment as they're hearing my voice, if they're listening to it, the vaccine is irrelevant. When it is available, it will be available. But when they're extrapolating, oh, I need the vaccine for this, and then life will get back together and whatever, and even then, it's only a perspective. You know, you, you were talking about fear as who we are. Fear we, we come into this world with re- really very little fear. You know, people tell you you have a fear, certain fears that are, are biological. Maybe so. But danger is always going to be something we need to appreciate because from our early days we had to learn, you know, an, an animal with big teeth was dangerous. You, we didn't have the mechanism. Crossing a road when there's speeding cars is dangerous. You don't have to be fearful of that. Fear is a, a echo of the past saying I'm not going to handle the future. So the reason why the, why things appear fearful is that you've taken a past experience and said I'm not going to handle the future. But in the now, there can be no fear because where you are sitting right here, right now, nothing is happening to you. As if, you know, as wherever you are in this particular moment, unless you are in a very dangerous situation, there is no need for fear because nothing is happening right now. Mm-hmm. But as you say, you choose the fear. And because you choose the fear, it makes you fearful. Bear, bearing in mind, we have a physiological response. So when you have a tight stomach, sweaty palm, shortness of breath, a dry mouth, etc. Now, we could, people can call that fear. Or you can call it excitement. Science has shown the physiological response to fear and excitement is exactly the same. The minute we label it fear, we go in one emotional spiral. The minute we label it excitement, we go in another emotional um, spiral. So you look at it from people who get on a roller coaster. They're all experiencing, call it excitement, a physiological response. Some call it fear. And they'll ride that roller coaster, pale, white knuckles, screaming in abject fear. Someone else could, hands up in their air, screaming in sheer delight. Mm -hmm. The choice how they are going to respond 
to their physiological response is theirs and theirs alone. Now, I know for some people, it's for, they'll say, yeah, that's easy for you to say. It is easy to say. But with awareness, with a conscious understanding of saying, how am I choosing fear here? What, what is the story I'm running that is making me fearful is how you get over it. But looking into the future and saying there's, there is no vaccine in sight, well, is it true? No. It may be slow. Yes. Possibly. Maybe when it comes, it will be the time. Maybe in six months time, the person will say, wow, I'm glad I didn't get that vaccine because this vaccine's better. We don't know, but we want to project. Absolutely. We'll get back to that. We're going to be listening to a YouTube when we come back on a very short one by Alan Watts called Let Go and Relax, which fits in very well with what we were saying. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson and I'm back with Gavin Friedman and we're about to listen to a very short YouTube by Alan Watts called Letting Go and Relax. Thank you, Craig. Imagine the idea that the moment you were born, you were kicked off the edge of a precipice and you're falling. As you fell, a great lump of rock came with you and is traveling alongside you. And you're clinging to it for dear life. And thinking, gee, I've got to hold on to this, you see? Well, it doesn't do a thing for you. And you'll only, it's only making you anxious. And it's only when you understand that it doesn't do a thing for you that you let go and relax. So everybody's in this situation. We're all completely insecure. We're all headed straight for death as if we had been condemned by a judge. And yet here we are all clinging on to things. And we, we have all sorts of alibis for doing this. We say, well, I have responsibilities for my dependence and I've got to cling on. But all you're doing is you're teaching your dependents to cling the same way as you are. And, and making them miserable by learning to go on surviving compulsively. So the thing is, same way, if you're caught in a torrent and you try to get out of it by swimming against it, you'll just wear yourself out and you're still carried along with it. So the sensible thing to do is to turn around and swim with it. And if you want to get out of it, swim towards the edge. But go with it. Same way when you're sailing. Always keep the wind in your sails. If you want to go against the wind, tack. But use the wind. So it's this way, you know. We're all in this great stream of change, which we call life. We are the stream. If you imagine you're separate from it and you're being carried along by it as if you were a cork, that's a delusion. You're a wave of the stream itself. So get with it. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Gavin Friedman. And you've just been listening to Alan Watts. And, you know, Plato said, courage is knowing what not to fear. And that little clip, there was very much, you know, when you're coming in with this boulder, uh, it can just pull you down and knowing how to tack and what to fear, what not to fear, how to cope with it. What did you think of that little clip? Firstly, I'm, a, I'm an Alan Watts fan, so I, I just, his take and his, his, 
his perspective on life is is absolutely awesome. But he raises something which is is so important, and I think this is something that the listeners can really, really work with, is you use the metaphor of a rock. What are you holding on to? Because it's drowning you. Mm-hmm. And yet every time you go under the water, and there are times in your life when you recognize and you fully understand that what I'm holding on to is literally drowning me and we don't let go. It's not because, and we'll have all of the, and he says, you know, we have all of these justifications, reasons, excuses. I can't leave my job because I don't want to be unemployed. Fine. But then make the choice to say I'm here because it is giving me something rather than fighting with the job. Just make the choice. You can always move at a later stage or look to move. If you're in a relationship that you need to move from, make the choice to say I'm here or I'm there. But we hold on to all of this stuff, all of these all of these dysfunctions from the past, all of these lessons. He, he, he raises such an important point is that you teach your, 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 the generations, your children, those dependents on how to live life. So we take your burdens and now you burden those that are coming up because they learn things that are not theirs to take on. They learn the weight of false responsibility. They learn so much and we hold on to these rocks while we're drowning and only at a time in our lives when we can let go and we come up to the surface and we can breathe and it's easy and there's freedom do we realize that we were holding on to something so tightly. And for all of us, this is what introspection is. It's going to remove those rocks because we're only fearful of the future because of the things we are holding from our past. Something has happened to us in our past that we are reliving on a daily basis that is constructing a future we do not like. Mm-hmm. So it's not the past or the future that has to be changed. It is simply us being present enough to say, whatever happened then is not happening now. And if I can be here, right here, right now, then I am not stuck in the projection of the future. And that is learning to know yourself. And sometimes that is a very difficult thing to do because, you know, we don't always like what we're seeing. So, you know, it's a matter of, of looking at it and saying, well, what can I take into my future that is going to serve me? What part of this rock can I actually allow to sink to the bottom of the ocean? Sure. And so that I can float a bit freer. And, you know, I do feel that so often it's, it is a, a frightening thing to think of. And, you know, I was listening to a, a YouTube by Jordan Peterson and, um, uh, which it was called dealing with, uh, dark times. It was a very short YouTube, but it's about a book that he's brought out. And he was saying that part of it, it's, it's, he starts, it's, it's quite a personal story that he starts with. But he, he says it's breaking your, your time down into manageable bits. And, and I actually really like that. He calls it shortening the time, your time frame. So instead of saying, oh, this COVID can go on for another five months, a year, who knows when it will end. Rather say, all right, so today it's here. Now, how am I going to live today? Um, if you're in a business, how am I going to cope with the next few months 
or the not no, you didn't say the few months. You shorten it to what you can actually handle. And I thought that was a particularly good piece of advice. That's a that's a very mental way of bringing you closer and closer and closer into the now. Instead of projecting so far forward, what will happen if he or she's not there? What will happen if the business doesn't make it? What will happen if COVID doesn't end? It just brings it back to where you have your own comfort zone. Some people are comfortable in right here, right now. Some people are comfortable in let me handle today. Some people are comfortable in, well, I'll go week by week. Whatever it is for you, bring yourself back into that comfort zone. You can't, you know, those rocks, those grievances of the past, they weigh us down until we recognize the wisdom that they have given us. There is not one thing that is is hasn't happened in your life, is not happening in your life. Right here, right now, whatever's happening is a call for you to find the wisdom, for you to let it go so you can transcend into a higher version of yourself. Transformation, literally, in, in the realm of transformation is what? Trance is to move through. Formation, structure. What is transformation? Moving through the structure of who you are. Letting go of the story, but finding the wisdom. This is not disrespecting. Some people have had very difficult lives, some brutal experiences, from child abuse at a young age to whatever it is. This is not dismissing that. But there is no mistake that there is a greater wisdom that comes with that, that you can use your life as a vehicle for living fully, no matter what has come before you. But when we get stuck in the grievances of the past, we simply pack more and more rocks into our backpack and then wonder why we are drowning. It's not about, it's not about losing the rock. It's about remembering the wisdom and then letting go of the rock. I like that. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Gavin Friedman, and, and Craig is saying I must wrap up. But I just want to say, Aristotle says, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. And Mary Oliver said, who am I really? What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? So that's a question we have to ask ourselves. What is it we want to do? With this time called life, what how what message would you like to leave with Gavin? You know, I think those two two statements say it all, and 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 really to cherry pick one word out of that statement is that life is precious. Mm. You know, people want to live their lives on a lay by system. I'll I'll just get through today, and tomorrow I'll live. I'll just get through today, and I'll put a little bit of energy in today, and tomorrow my my the lotto will come in, and this will come in, and that will come in. Life is not a lay-by system. Life is to be lived right here, right now, all the time. And if you are living something that is not working for you, be radically honest with yourself. Confront it, look at it, and then say, how can I live my life going forward? Because life is precious. And you will know that by asking that fundamental question, who am I? Who am I? Absolutely. Gavin, just leave uh, Craig saying wrap up. Just please just leave your, give your email address and phone number. Right. So email address is Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, 
at Soar Institute, S-A-S-O-A-R Institute.coza. And uh, my mobile number is always the best to get me on, 082-443-1633. Thank you so much, Gavin. As usual, it's been an absolute pleasure having you share my mic with me, our mic on Skype. And um, it's it's always so interesting. I'm always left with a lot of questions myself, questioning myself, and hopefully growing with it. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Sue. It's always a Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.